Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging with me, Mr. Douglas. <laughs> Happy to have you here. Happy to have you back today. I believe is quite a treat. I went digging around the occult subreddit here on reddit.com and found a gem. And thank you for allowing me to bring to the world in audio form your fantastic piece written about magic. How the infinite gradient magic model that you have and why magic technically always works to me, the way you put it together here, is absolutely right in line with the way I operate myself. We might as well get to it. This is a wonderful hat to try on, a coat to live through and take a walk into the world with. This lens of viewing magic, the mind. Again, thank you, and this post will be placed in the show notes, so check it out, leave a comment. And everybody, enjoy. The post is titled, My Infinite Gradient Magic Model, Why Magic Technically Always Works. The piece begins, This is going to be long. Buckle in. So let me first address the big thing. Yes, literal magic is real. Yes, things like sigils can make it so that you can find money on the ground. I've accomplished intents like finding fast money, and the next day, I found both a $50 bill and a $20 bill on the ground in the same evening. Literally, in the most unlikely of ways, it was crazy. So this tells me anybody who tells you that magic is purely psychological, meaning that it doesn't affect anything outside of your apparent body, is either weak-willed, ignorant, misguided, or trying to suppress your abilities for whatever reason, straight up. Remember that Reddit is an open forum so that all kinds of people with no standard training can just waltz in here anytime and say anything they want. On top of that, they can filter their opinions with strong biases. If I would have listened to all the close-minded fools, I would have never learned what I learned. I had to become confident in my own ability and had to learn to not give a fuck about anybody else if I wanted to experience the truth for myself. The only person who can confirm all of this is you, and it's through your power alone that you find the truth in yourself. Why do you think so many powerful spiritual figures in history went through a hermit stage where they isolated themselves from everybody and went off to meditate in a cave for years? Because the nature of the real truth is hidden in you. Yes, conceptual frameworks can help guide you, but the real truth? It's unspoken. It's not something that can be figured out intellectually with other ignorant people. Eventually, once you reach a certain point, 
You have to not give a fuck what Aleister Crowley, Peter Carroll, Don M. Craig, or even what S. Buddha said, and realize the taste of the truth experientially for yourself, to the point that it's unmistakable what it is. But you have to genuinely be open-minded to discovering it. My apologies beforehand uh, for mispronouncing any of these words coming up. Moving on. Tilapa, T-I-L-O-P-A, one of the master founders of Mahamudra Buddhism and a powerful Mahasiddha, gave his six precepts of advice for starting your path to finding the truth. 1. Don't recall. Let go of what has passed. Meme no. 2. Don't imagine. Let go of what may come. Meme sam. 3. Don't think. Let go of what is happening now. Misems. 4. Don't examine. Don't try to figure anything out. Me dipyod. 5. Don't control. Don't try to make anything happen. Mis gom. 6. Rest. Relax. Right now. And rest. Rang sarb zag. When you genuinely let go of all the ignorant conditioning that has been hammered into you, the truth starts to appear, and you can see the nature of reality for what it really is. Now, here's the thing about magic. I've noticed that many people tend to ask whether their spell worked or not. This implies a duality, and it also implies a misunderstanding of magic and the nature of experience. The truth is, all is mind. And a brief pause coming from me just saying, yes. This is how magic is possible in the first place. All you have is mind, and all you'll ever have is your mind for all eternity. That's the only way you'll ever experience anything, is you experience it in your mind. The true you isn't a body. The true you is an unborn mind being made of awareness. But because the nature of mind isn't obvious to itself, your true self, mind, has ignorantly mistaken itself for its mental formations that appear in its scope. Think of what happens when you fall into a fluid dream every night. Your mind ignorantly mistakes mental formations to be true all of the time and conditions itself into self-fulfilling prophecies. It ends up thinking it's the body that appears in front of it because it conditions itself to believe it's a singular self in relation to its other mental appearances that seem separate from it. But they're all just one big mental projection, including the body. No matter how dense and vivid they may seem, it's all still illusion. There's nothing that says an illusion can't have structure and density to it. You just gotta see through it. Now, why is this important? Because everything you experience is literally a mind state. Any emotion, mode of perception, any action you take is a mind state. This includes the act of a spell happening within your mind's scope. When you intend a spell, you're not reaching out and using some kind of external energy. It's you, as a mind being, changing your experiential state to appear as if your spell is true. Now, what do we know about mind states? They're not on and off things if you really examine them. Take the state of being angry. 
When you're angry, you don't just switch from not angry to angry. Becoming more angry is like a rising. You can feel your body heat rising by degrees when you get more angry. It's gradual. And when you try to calm down, you notice it takes time. Slowly, you calm down. And this is the key word, degrees. Any state of being is in degree, a measurement along a gradient. And this includes your spell state. The state of your spell is measured in degrees of its vividness. It's up to you to determine whether it's satisfactory or not. Now let's say you're someone with a relatively weak will. This basically means your magical intentions are clouded by your other mind stuff that you let out of control, self-doubt, self-deprecation, your beliefs about the world, etc. These things become persistent patterns that become hard to uproot. All these thought forms play a part in how your spell turns out and how you experience life. And this is the unfortunate part that many people struggle with. All the bad things that happen are a result of your mind. Like nightmares, you didn't necessarily intend for them to happen. They were simply the side effects of ignorance and unconscious habit. It's unfortunate, but reality can be ugly. By taking responsibility for this is what transformed my life. I promise I'm not saying this out of spite. Why do you think meditation is always recommended? Because so many people's minds are clouded with contradictory, harmful intents. But this is what many don't realize. If magic is a result of mind, and mind is always working, then this means magic is always working. When you get up from your altar and your meditation mat, your mind is still holding beliefs about the world. So yes, you may have very well reached some degree of gnosis during a ritual. But after you got through with your ritual and you essentially fell back to your old ways of thinking, you ended up with a shitty magic result. This is why people may intend to find a $10 bill, but because the intensity of the it's hard for me to get money thought form is stronger than the I find $10 bills thought form, then your spell state becomes less intense and you end up with a weak result. Like seeing a $10 bill on an Instagram post or something like that. It's also why many people don't instantly get rich from magic, even if they've successfully casted spells before. They may still have some degree of disbelief that they could achieve a lot of wealth. Their current conditioning may only allow them to have decent wealth, not a lot. There are degrees of wealth, and there are degrees to cherophobia. Cherophobia, uh, Mr. Douglas chiming in. The, uh, fear of being happy. Moving on. So, technically, your spell worked. However, subjectively, you don't find this result satisfactory, so you decide to say it didn't work. But technically, it did work. But the degree of your intent was too weak to be satisfactory for you personally. So what is needed to change this? Contemplation. The old-fashioned hard work aspect of becoming a successful occultist. You have to do hard, self-reflective work to uproot self-defeating thought forms. Gradually, over time, softening them bit by bit until they become so weak that your spell states are more intense than them and you essentially become someone who doesn't even need to do a whole ritual 
You just make magic happen like it's nothing. It becomes part of who you are. This means going to therapy, maybe seeing a psychiatrist, taking your meds, forcing yourself to change bad habits, cleaning your room, taking time to exercise, and eating a healthier diet, etc. Get out more often and actually talk to people with a mask on now and stop trying to summon succubuses and incubuses like a dumbass. Force yourself to develop healthier relationships. Study people who overcame the odds and became successful. Contemplate on the nature of reality and stop seeing yourself as a mere lump of flesh. Seriously, reflect on these things. Gain insight about your psychology. Change who you are. Then you can get real serious with the more obvious occult practices. Because if you don't work to improve yourself, you're wasting your time and could potentially hurt yourself. If you want to jumpstart this, trust me, shrooms are one of the best ways to jumpstart this. They've been scientifically proven to change your brain in ways that reduces self-defeating habits. See the R. Shroom subreddit for more info. This may seem mundane, but if all is mind, then there is no true separation of things. The mundane is actually spiritual, and the spiritual is actually mundane. That's why I've stopped using the words spiritual versus physical. All appearances are simply phenomenological formations of something with different degrees of vividness and intensity. But once again, my words are simply a conceptual framework. If you don't agree, oh well. But if they resonated with you, then simply use these words as tools to guide you to the real truth. The truth beyond words. The infinite gradient of experience. It's already in you. I think that, that right there, is a fantastic base to jump from into the next pool of experience that we will wade into together by understanding that it's already all in you and that the mundane is spiritual and the spiritual is mundane and that the hard work of contemplation and self-reflection, taking it upon yourself to make yourself the best you that you can be in as many wonderful ways as we can discover together is what I'm all about and why I am so happy to be able to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you very much for providing this fantastic, insightful piece. And thank you for joining me so that we can walk this wonderful, wild path together to wake each other up and to become each other's telestai. All right, everybody. We're getting also close to the uh, end of 2020 here, which is really cool. May every moment moving forward, or whatever direction we're all going in time, bring that much more wonder into your world that we may all pleasantly surprise each other and live the lives that we want to together. Happy Saturnalia, Happy Yule, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Good Times, Happy New Year. Thanks for hanging.